Welcome to Peabody's podcast, Pursue the Art of Noticing. I'm your host, Elizabeth Wynn Marshall. You're listening to episode 18, season 2, A Conversation with Krista Wells. It's a privilege to welcome artist and friend Krista Wells to the podcast this week. I've been following Krista's soul-stirring music for years, so I'm absolutely thrilled to have her here as my guest to discuss art, songwriting, poetry, and the power of music. In 2018 and 2019, I had the opportunity to attend Refine the Retreat, a retreat led by Chris Camille. Krista was in attendance there at the Pines, leading poetry workshops and providing music for worship for the retreat. There, nestled among the Pines at Our Lady of the Pines, a former convent, I heard Krista perform as she led worship and offered the gift of music to our small gathering. Krista Wells is an American singer-songwriter based in Nashville, Tennessee, with 15 years' experience in the music industry. As an indie artist, Krista has released five albums, developing a signature alternative pop sound that is fresh, soulful, and enduring. Her latest project, Velveteen, released April 2018, chronicles her own journey through suffering, singing relentless hope across the wide spaces of loss. In 2013, she also teamed up with fellow singer-songwriter Nicole Witt to create a folk-inspired collection of worship music under the brand name More Than Rubies. An award-winning songwriter, Krista has also collaborated with other Nashville artists to write hit songs such as Held, Natalie Grant, Need You Now, and God Help Me, Plum, and Red Sea Road, Ellie Holcomb. Krista is passionate about encouraging and mentoring fellow artists. In addition to devoting regular time to one-on-one songwriting coaching, she also serves one week each summer on staff at Masterpiece Ministries, an arts camp for high school students. Along with Nicole Witt, she co-founded a creative support community called Artist And, which hosts periodic songwriting and creative spiritual retreats. I'm grateful for Krista's patience as we pushed through multiple technical challenges as we recorded our conversation, and I'm thankful for you, my listeners, for grace, as you may hear a glitch or two in our recording. Perhaps you'll overlook those and focus instead on the beauty and artistry of singer-songwriter Krista Wells. Krista, welcome to the podcast. Um, One of my greatest joys as the host of Peabody's is to have the honor of highlighting the work of artists and creatives. Thank you for joining me. I'm so glad you're here today. Thank you. I'm so excited, too. I've been looking forward to it. Well, it's a privilege to have you, and um, it's been a a blast for me to prepare for this interview. Um, Thank you for your patience with the logistical issues we've had. Um, One never knows what's going to happen, but we've had a couple, and here we go. We're pressing on, and I'm I'm super grateful for your patience. And it's um, been a few months since I was in the room with you. We were together in March, and it was such a gift for me. And um, I'm just I'm super glad to have a chance to circle back around and talk to you a little bit more 
about your art. Um, let's start with this question. One of my greatest privileges as a lover of story is to actually hear stories of artists told from the heart and the lips of the creative herself. Each song, every song at its very heart holds the story of the creator. I believe this is true. So if this is true, can you share about how you merge your own storytelling as a songwriter and singer and how you sit with your words, your chapters and verses of story and weave them into song? The result is stunningly beautiful, powerful and soul soul stirring (laughs) every time. Every time. I have loved your art, Krista, for what feels like a long time. And again, I'm honored to have you here today. So thank you. Man, thank you so much for saying that and for being such a a cheerleader for me the last few years. It means so much. Um, Yeah, I, I love that when we tell our stories, we're telling a story that's so much bigger than just our own. We're telling each other's stories and we're telling um, the God story, I think. Um, and the more, I mean, the, you know this as a writer and reader, that the more specific we are, strangely, you know, I'm sharing about my journey and my struggle, my experience, and it feels very particular to me, but mysteriously, once it goes out into the world as art, uh, Hopefully, ideally, we find that that specific story becomes much more universal than we were aware. And our experience um, then becomes not so solitary. So making, you know, sharing my story allows me to feel less alone in the world and hopefully helps other people to feel less alone as well. Um, so I'm, I feel like I'm always collecting and and it's not, I'm not a narrative story, songwriter, so I don't, I've never been as much drawn personally to storytelling songs in the sense of this is this happened and then this happened and then this happened. I tend to um, go for the emotional heart of, a, of the story, of an experience, and sketch that out and then draw from that the you know, the universal meaning or um, make something of it. What is this leading me to? What did this experience that I had with this person or with myself or with God, what is it leading me to? And so it's um, for a while, I didn't really give myself credit as having a storytelling element, but it has been brought to my attention that it's, it's my way. Um, so I, a lot of the story stories that I've incorporated into my, music in the past or that had inspired my songwriting have not been my own um, in insofar as what directly inspired the story may have been a friend's a friend's journey um, as particularly for many years I was writing a lot about grief and loss that I hadn't yet experienced so I was so drawn to these people who were survivors and I wanted to you know, touch on their story. And even if I wasn't saying this is what happened, um, you know, in a, in a tangible narrative way, I was letting us all look into their experience of suffering and see how, um, see the light, you know, that's, that you can find through the cracks. And um, in recent years, I've begun writing more from my own experience and, 
particularly on my last album, Velveteen. So, um, yeah, I guess I'm just always collecting other people's stories and my own stories. And I think of my brain as being a sort of art gallery where I hang all of these different images and words and ideas and try to try to hold space for those until the right song comes along and then I pull from those sometimes I'll sit on one idea for months and months and then when when the moment strikes to sit down at the piano and write it feels so natural because all of the elements are there and I can just pull them up, down off the wall and piece them together on the page that description. Um, I was actually going to ask you to speak a little bit about inspiration and process, and you've touched on that so beautifully already. And um, as a part of that, I'm wondering if journaling and note-taking, um, as you journey through your own life, if they give you a place to put your words that ultimately end up in the lines of your music. Um, I have such great admiration for your work as a musician, and I'm amazed at how you combine the melody with the poetic lines of a song. So um, you, you've spoken to that. That's a beautiful image of the art gallery in your mind. I love that. Um, and so how does that work? Can you speak to that a little bit about how you draw from something that may have been documented or written down months and months ago that you pull into a song? Um, the creative process always intrigues me, so I would love to hear anything that you care to share about that, about how you weave your own words and your own thoughts um, into a song. And as you say, they may have been um, in your archives for a while before they find their place in the lines of an actual song. I do journal a good bit. Um, there have been many years where I have not journaled, but uh, the last several years I've returned to it and it's been very helpful for me in just practicing paying attention to my own life and thoughts and feelings and learning from them. So in a sense, I'm documenting that way, keeping keeping them, although I'll say I don't often return to read my journals, but I do think that just the act, the physical act of writing does help um, imprint ideas into my brain so that I do hold on to them longer. Um, I also make notes in my phone, you know, just in, <laughs> sometimes I'll record a thought in a voice memo. Other times I'll just make a note. Sometimes I'm writing things on the fly for Instagram posts and then, you know, I'll, I'll recall having written something about an idea when I need it and I'll go scrolling back through and see what I find. So but I think a lot of the time it's more the things that end up becoming songs have been things that keep swirling, keep returning, recurring. I keep running into the same concept over and over again in books or poems or conversations or my own thoughts um, and experiences. And so it is the recurring nature of that thread which ends up uh, motivating me to write about it. And so a lot of times I'm not really having to try too hard to hold on to those things because they just keeps hitting me in the face. <laughs> and that feels 
um, meaningful. It feels meant to be in a way. And so I'll eventually be like, fine, I'll write about it. <laughs> I can't seem to avoid this concept. And, and it's like part of my own personal growth journey, you know, and I feel like the, the writing of something is my final teacher often. Um, something I'm trying to learn. And then I write the song and now I can start quote unquote teaching others or, or sharing it with others. Lovely. And I, for me, music um, is a refuge. Um, I've actually sat with some of your songs um, scores of times. I feel like they're often their prayer, their worship, their, they're my poetry, their meditation. So um all the things that you have spoken to this far have um, have been a huge gift to me and a note to other people. So something about your process is working well because you have um, written and produced and released so many beautiful songs into the world and they have been a refuge in many ways. Um, one of the things that um, I've had the great honor of, which um, I want to share with people, is I've had the honor of sitting with you, beside you, in, as part of a poetry workshop, not once but twice, and both of those were at Refine the Retreat. Um, in fact, you led both of these poetry circles. Krista, can you speak a little bit to the role poetry plays in your life there? I, I would think we could say safely that poetry and songwriting are sisters maybe um if art forms have siblings <laughs> um writing poetry reading poetry um, um they help us to face both the joy and the pain triumph and loss i think poetry has the power to heal and restore so i know that you have been drawn to poetry um, even more so in the last year and a half of your um, of your life and of your journey as an artist and as a human being, and that you're drawn to many types of poetry, but you particularly love Mary Oliver, as do I. So can you speak a little bit about poetry and if you have a poem that you've actually written? Um, I've heard your poetry. It's beautiful. I'd love for you to share um, a poem or a part of a poem with our listeners, too. Well, first of all, let me just back up and thank you for saying those kind words about my songs. It's absolutely <laughs> incredible to me that <clears throat> to to have the privilege of creating something and then finding out that it sits with someone else in their sacred moments and in those intimate spiritual spaces. I, I just never get over that. And to me, that is like end goal you know that's that's what i want um and so i'm just so grateful to hear that um yeah so thank you and uh poetry i look back at my childhood and, and realize i was i was always drawn to poetry for sure but i didn't really consciously pay attention to it i it's just was something i enjoyed here and there but didn't uh, and I did write poetry in my youth as well, but then took a long break from it. And so in the last uh, couple of years, what I found is that I was going through a real um, personal crisis here. And I, I just found myself in a space where I couldn't wake up and read a lot of the things, the types of material I would have 
read in the past. I, I, I wasn't met in the same way by even scripture or uh, just all other kinds of reading materials, but I love to read. And so what I found I was able to enter into was poetry, beginning with Mary Oliver's volume called Thirst, which my friend Taylor gave me. And it seemed to me that these poems could meet me like a friend and the kind of friend who wasn't trying to fix things for you or teach you anything or tell you how you ought to feel. It just would sit with me. And um, I, it's really a mysterious thing poetry is. But I was explaining to a friend the other day um, that when I, even writing poetry, writing and reading, there are ways in which using too many words can dilute an experience for me, trying to capture every detail of an experience in a journal entry, for example. I go back then and I only remember those details that I happen to transcribe. But when I write a poem, it's more like, um, well, it's, it is metaphor, you know, it's, and so it makes more space for more meaning if that makes any sense. I feel like it's something I can climb inside and um, it just feels big and spacious in its minimalism. So I started reading a lot of Mary Oliver and then a friend last summer gave me, introduced me to Hafiz, H-A-F-I-Z, and he has just blown my mind. He's a 13th century Persian poet and he writes these mystical ecstatic poems about God and I they just meet me in a different way than Mary Oliver does and then John O'Donohue I love his writing and um, so uh, and I'm I'm getting acquainted with with more poets but I I will not pretend to be someone who's just super well read I just kind of am going deep with these few and they tend to be the more spiritual poets, obviously. Um, so I started writing my own poetry again last year. And especially last spring, I started waking up at four in the morning, many, many mornings. And I don't know why I would just be wide awake. And what I wanted to do with that time is light a candle and write some poems. And again, I found it was a way to say what my heart needed to say without feeling like I was diluting the experience by trying to make statements. And um, last summer I did toy with the idea of writing a book. I had this a concept um, that I was interested in exploring, but you know, as soon as I sat down and opened the laptop last August and started typing, I just hated it. I hated it. I was like, I don't want to write sentences and paragraphs. I have no desire. It's just killing it for me. So I just went back to poetry and it felt right. So I took a poetry workshop this spring so that I could actually learn from a master because until now it, there's been no craft to it. I, it's just been pure inspiration and um, I kind of write them very quickly and I'll even share them very quickly unedited. And I wanted to learn how to take the next step. I have no desire to become like an acclaimed poet, but I am. Um, I don't know why I feel like I need to say that in a British accent, poet, but um, it feels feels like 
being a real poet is a loftier thing that I don't think um, I have the motivation to pursue as far as submitting to magazines and all that. But I do just want to keep exploring this and sharing it with my existing tribe of people who enjoy my music. So um, I'm learning to edit now to make them stronger. Um, here's one that is still in the process of being edited, but I do feel pretty good about it. It's called Sleep. As far back as 14, I have loved sleep. In those solitary years, I longed for night to fall and dreams to follow me into daylight so I could be gone even when I appeared present and present in an elsewhere that was preferable and inside which I was preferable. Thirty years forward, I lay still in bed alone again, but the old trick won't take. There is a light lining the edges of my closed door, stealing through blinds no matter how I arrange them, and I succumb to a new dream, which does not include a better version of anything or anyone, but does include the possibility of pain, the remembrance of resurrection and the reality of a poem written by candlelight moments before dawn. Oh, Krista, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I love to hear poems two and three and four times. Every time I hear it, I, I hold on to something else. So I'd love to hear that again, but that is just so beautiful. Thank you for that. Um, one of the things that I wanted to touch on with you um, is this project that has been released into the world um, by a mutual friend of ours, Joy Prouty. Um, in the last couple of weeks, she has released a film that she made documenting um, the loss and the grief of a family that came to her and asked her to produce a film um, honoring their son, Truman Lee Scott, who died at the age of three, I believe, from a tragic handgun accident in their home. And the hope was to raise awareness about gun safety and to honor him with art and to um, just to bring awareness to their situation in a redemptive way. Um, and as Joy wrote, it documents the loss, the grief, the grace, and the hope. And that does such a beautiful job of that. So can you share a little bit about um, how that felt to have your art, your song, Come Close Now, which is from Feed Your Soul, the Feed Your Soul album, which you produced in 2013, um, it's just sort of a miracle and it's an amazing story that, that a current film um, found your music and that they were paired together to make this beautiful, beautiful um, documentary film, which uses your music as the soundtrack. Um, is that the right word? Maybe not. But if you could speak a little bit about being part of that really powerful document um which i can't stop watching and i can't stop listening to it and maybe although your song was used for this um 
maybe speak a little bit to how it's, um, it's it, I think about how in God's kingdom timelines are so different. So when you wrote that song, he must have known that it would be used <laughs> in 2018 and 19 for this particular purpose, but um, it was birthed in you for a different reason. So anything that you want to add to that story or speak to that situation um, must have been a real honor and privilege to be a part of that um, storytelling and redemptive tale of hope that Joy and the Scott family told. It it really has been a beautiful privilege to see that um, come together. Yeah, the uh, the song "Come Close Now." I wrote, you know, I recorded it, released it in 2013. Probably wrote it in 2012, inspired by um, by the writings of of a friend of mine in his book to make it to make a life his name is dan walzer and so i I wrote using his metaphor of walking through grief and that feeling like you're in this house that's burning down and you're upstairs in a room and you can hear the voices and sounds of all the people who love you and want to make it better for you and they're out on your lawn with fire hoses and extinguishers and you appreciate that, but in, in that moment, you're still very alone. You just feel like you're tied to this chair upstairs and and you are longing for someone to open the front door and walk up the stairs and just find you and sit with you in the burn. And um, I almost didn't record that song because I loved the song, but I didn't feel like my voice uh, was the right voice for the song. Um, and my producers convinced me to, to go ahead and capture it anyways, and we did. And that song uh, meant a lot to uh, the people who heard it um, and at the time. But of course, my tribe is fairly small. And so it was beautiful to see it go out, to hear so many stories come back in about people resonating with it. But it was a song that so many of us felt had such a heart in it such truth and and was so resonant that it felt kind of um like a shame that it hadn't been recorded by someone with a bigger platform so that more people would have have access to the song that was my feeling about it um but of course you don't dwell on things like that you just keep moving and making the next thing as an artist all that to say, when I got this message on Instagram from Joy Prouty, and I did not know Joy. She did not She did not know me. We didn't have any connecting point before that. But uh, she leaves these video messages ex- introducing herself and explaining that she and I both were scheduled to be at this retreat called Refine that Chris Keneally was hosting in the spring. And so she had gone and taken the time which is awesome she had taken the time to look up the work of fellow artists who would be there and had come across my music and heard this song come close now and just felt deeply and passionately that this was the song that they had been waiting for that they had been looking for as a companion to this beautiful beautiful film that uh, she and tiffany scott were creating to tell the story of Truman. So um, I had not seen, I did not know the story or had seen the film. So she sent me um, the film 
without music attached, or maybe there was something of space filler on it, I think. And I was so moved, of course, as we all have been by the her storytelling, the way she the way she's told that story, which is such a delicate story to tell. Um, just did it in such a profoundly beautiful way. And of course, my I had no hesitation at all. I thought, if you feel like this is the song for this story, then absolutely use it. So we um, we just made it happen. And so now seeing it come um, come out into the world and be shared, and I got to I've seen Joy a couple times um, recently, and I also got to meet Tiffany Scott and a few of her children the other day, which was a huge honor. Um, I loved spending a little time with her over at Jenny's Ice Cream here in East Nashville. And yeah, there just really aren't words (laughs) to describe how cool it is to see that song getting to meet more people and to be paired with such an exquisite piece. I love collaboration anyways. I've grown to love collaboration more and more and more through the years. And it's what comes of it is just something entirely other, even with this podcast, you know, one person can share on a podcast, but you bring someone else on and now you give birth to something that could not have existed with any other pairing, you know, or on your own. It's just miraculous and beautiful. So that's how that came about. And again, you know, Chris Camille had something to do with that, bringing us together for that retreat. And just, uh, I think God just lined up those stepping stones. Um, I will share the song, uh, Come Close Now, in its entirety in the podcast for listeners to hear. And I'll also, um, in the show notes, I'll place the link to the film um, that was produced by the Proudies to honor um Truman Lee Scott's life so that people can find that film and watch that film as well and listen to your music paired with the film. It it is just, um, I I can't tell you how many times I've watched it. Every time I watch it, I feel a different emotion. um, And it's just a beautiful four or five minutes of of, um, storytelling, of art, a story of grace, forgiveness, redemption. so I know you must be so pleased and so honored to have to be a part of that. And my hope is that I know that would be the hope for Tiffany and Joy, that um, it would actually be life saving, that the film would save lives as it increases awareness of um, gun safety in the home. So, um, yeah, so I'll put the link to that in the show notes, too. Um, so let's pivot for just a minute. I would love to hear just a little bit about one of my favorite songs of yours, which I never say that because I never have favorites. I just, I won't choose them. But Velveteen um, is a real favorite song of mine, of yours. (laughs) I adore the song. It is um, so beautiful. And I will also share that in the podcast so listeners can hear Velveteen in its entirety. So... Uh, anything that you want to tell about how that song was birthed and and what where it started in your heart and soul and the seed to that any of that that you want to share um would be would be beautiful to hear i i love um that so many 
women, probably mostly people can relate to the story they knew in their youth of Velveteen and how it can come around in our adulthood in another art form from um, a book that we held in our hands. I can remember my mother reading it to me. I can remember the illustration so well. And now as an adult to have that thread come back around in the form of a beautiful song, which to me is a prayer. It feels like a prayer. It feels like um, worship. And I've listened to it today in preparation for this podcast several times. Um, It never grows old. I find it has such staying power and um, it feels like a friend. So I've had the privilege of hearing you perform it in person. And um, and then I listened to it on Spotify today. And I think it'll just be a companion song for the rest of my life. So I thank you for releasing that into the world. I know it's um, one of the things that I find as an artist that can be um, this place of tension is knowing when to release our work into the world and to say it is complete. It is done. It is ready to go into the world. And so um, I find that tension with my poetry sometimes and with even my prose. Is it ready? Is it ready? So I find that um, to be a place of tension in writing. And um, I just know that Velveteen seems perfect in every way. And I can't imagine you holding on to it and not releasing it because it's brought us so much joy, particularly I can speak for myself. It's brought me so much joy. So, um, Chris, anything you'd like to say to that would be lovely. Well, thank you again for those kind words. I love how you said it's a friend. <laughs> I love that songs can be our friends, and I feel that way about so many songs as well. Um, the genesis of that one was, uh, you know, the context of the idea actually was that I we had just moved to Nashville, and our family had been in um, crisis mode of one sort or another for um, a couple of years on a low grade level. Um, the kids were not aware of it yet, but, um, right after we moved to Nashville, I just, I had hoped things were going to feel better and it didn't feel better. It felt very, very lonely and dark and scary and did not know what was coming. Um, and I happened to be reading Ann Voskamp's book, A Broken Way, The Broken Way, I always forget if it's D or A, <laughs> Broken Way. And um, it's another example of collaboration, indirect collaboration, because as I read she, this conversation that she had with her mother that involved a reference to the Velveteen Rabbit and becoming real, it just, it just entered my soul. I was like, that's it. That's what's happening right now. Because even in the midst of my anguish and terror at that moment, there was this other thing. There was this weird piece that was coexisting with the fear. There was, um, it's weird that those can happen at the same time, but there was a a strange piece and there was also this strange sense of growing and becoming and a realization of at the beginning of the the realization of a truer self in me, a stronger self in me than I had ever known. And a heightened awareness, a deeper awareness of the reality of God in a very 
very visceral way, his, him being present with me. So all of that was happening in, I think that was the fall of 2016. And so that's the moment I knew I had to write this song, but I was also very afraid to write it because it's the kind of song that I thought I can ruin this, like I could ruin this awesome idea and it could be totally cheesy or it can be amazing. So I'm going to take my time with it. So I think it was the next spring that I sat down and wrote the chorus or the first draft of the chorus. And I knew I was onto something. I knew it was heading in the right direction, but, um, and at that point, my husband had um, left our marriage by the time I think that I was writing that, actually writing the song. But um, what became crucial in my life was my community and the people who I could call at all hours of the day or night and just sob or say, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> which makes me cry a little bit right now because I haven't thought of that again in a while. But um, community hasn't been everything. And so it's really amazing that um, that song I wrote in community because I don't tend to write songs for myself um, in collaborative ways. I tend to, if I'm going to sing the song, I tend to write it by myself. But I couldn't finish the song so I spent a day with my friend Nicole Witt and uh, fleshed it out with her and then went into the studio and I told Ben Shive my producer I I know this song has to be on the record and I know I'm pretty sure the song that this will be the title track I'm pretty sure this album needs to be called Velveteen but it's not done yet and so we sat in the studio and rearranged verses and tweaked the melody. And so it ended up being co-written by Ben Shive and Nicole Witt and me. And um, we decided to let it be fairly stripped down, partly because of budgetary <laughs> constraints. I needed one of the tracks to be a little less involved and it just felt right for that it to be that one. And um, I wasn't honestly sure. I, I knew that it was an important track for it that it would be the title track but I wasn't sure exactly that everyone would connect with it um you know you never really do know but in a way for me like my musical sensibilities that song musically and melodically was a little less interesting to me than some of the others so I I wasn't it wasn't necessarily my very favorite song on the album but uh as soon as I released it as a single, it got traction that the other songs didn't get. And so I knew this this is hitting home for people. So um, it's been very special. So I, I really didn't have any, I had to release the project because I had, uh, I couldn't sit on it because I had done it through um, crowdfunding. So I had a timeline that I needed to abide by. Um, so it wasn't, I never felt a sense of struggle over whether it's finished or not. I did have a lot of fear about how I was going to carry it out into the world and whether I was emotionally ready to um, tell, the, tell the stories or what to say about them. How do I introduce these songs um, without saying too much? You know, it's, it felt very delicate because I um, was still in the middle of everything and um, not at all on the other side <laughs> and I have children and wanted to be respectful of everybody so that was the kind of terrifying part but 
I felt like God has given me uh, the the stories, the intros, the words to tell at the right time, and and helped me to do that with um, a good degree of grace and delicacy that I can't claim credit for. But um, the songs help. It's like poetry, you know. It is in that sense like what draws me to poetry is it's not complete sentences. It's not, you don't have to tell all the details of the story to tell the heart of the story with songwriting and poetry. And it's like, you, that's what I, I guess I feel like I'm, ha, what happens between you and the audience is, hey, you don't need to know every gory detail of my life to be able to enter into the heart and the soul of the story. What's the facts are not the whole truth anyways, right? So the truth is what we're really after. I love that. I love that. I love um, that when we make art and just release it, when we feel led to release it, things happen um, in that transaction. Something happens. It's so mysterious to me. There's so much mystery that attends that transaction. Thank you for being so um, willing to speak to that. And um, thank you for your vulnerability and, um, yeah, community has been a powerful part of um, my life as a writer to have met you and to have you in my <laughs> circle of friends um, and my community of artist group of friends and relationships is a, is a real gift to me. And I cannot thank you enough for being um, so honest and vulnerable and forthcoming about your songwriting. And I also... Um, want to give people an opportunity to find out more about your work and um, so if you will help people find you and follow you I will put in the show notes where they can find you on um, your website and on Instagram and clearly your music is on Spotify and iTunes and YouTube but maybe you can speak a little bit about um, a special place that people can come alongside you with your art, your Patreon account. Patreon is an amazing um, format that gives recipients of art an opportunity to support makers of art. Um, I love that it allows the makers of art a place to have a more intimate place to share their art with the people that maybe know them best or want to know them best or just has a different level of intimacy and it does involve a small amount of support which um, I hope we're all supporting artists in some way but it's a it's a beautiful way that we can help a little bit monetarily um, and in other ways too so if you'll speak to that a little bit and I will put the link to your Patreon account in the show notes as well. Yes, I have loved being on Patreon the last couple of years, and um, that's that's probably my first place that I would direct people, just because I really do want um, to use that more and more as my go-to place to share. So I, I release through Patreon um, a new song every month, uh, which I do a live recording of at my friend's studio so it's not you know we don't do all the production and stuff it's it's piano and or guitar and vocal and it's a live take so it's very authentic um <laughs> and then we also um have started doing a cover song every month 
And those do go onto YouTube a few days after they go to my patrons. And the patrons also get um, the audio file to download. But most of all, you know, it's just that being in on Patreon allows me this more intimate and consistent interaction where I share my artist journal, kind of what, I've, what I'm working on, my thought processes behind everything, a, a blog and photos, and I write handwritten postcards, um, things like that. And I just love it because community is so important to me. And these are people who are sticking around, you know, enough that when they give me feedback, I really want to hear it because I know that they get what I'm about. It's not just an anonymous, like, I like that. I don't like that. It's, um, it's really valuable feedback and insight that I get from my patrons. Um, so that's my, that's my first place. I'm also on Instagram almost every day. And I do try to respond to people, to everything that comes in um, as much as possible. And um, I'm growing more consistent on YouTube. So subscribing on YouTube is really helpful to me as well. Um, Facebook, I'm still on there, not as much, but I am, I am on Facebook and Twitter as well. So um, I have a website, kristawellsmusic.com. And so I'm kind of in all the usual places, but I'd say if you really want to interact, then Patreon and Instagram are my first places to go. Krista, this has been such an honor and such a privilege and so delightful for me. And thank you again for being with me. I am so very, very grateful. Um, I will let people know that Velveteen is a single um, off of the longer playing album, of the same title, I believe I'm correct in saying that. So I highly recommend that um, listeners go to iTunes and purchase the album. It's beautiful. There's not a song on there that isn't just so incredibly lovely. So um, treat yourself to that. Go to Spotify and take a listen and download it. Um, It's lovely. Every song on on that album. Um, Friend, thank you for your patience and your grace and your (laughs) helping me work through some technical issues. Um, I just love to be honest and forthcoming with listeners that sometimes we push through hurdles and we'd rather it all be simple but it's not always that way but this was pure delight on the other end of a few problems we ran into on the early part of the afternoon so I thank you for taking such a big um, sliver slice out of your day to be with me and um, to talk about art and about process and about creativity and all the things that we've we've um, been able to cover in this time so I'm super grateful and I hope you'll come back again um, (laughs) soon-ish maybe in the fall anytime you have a new project I want to hear about it know about it and um, yeah thank you so much I will again I'll go back into the show notes so visit the show notes and click the link and um, you can listen to Come Close Now which is the song you'll be hearing as you watch the film Um, and make sure you visit her Chris's Patreon account and support her in any way you, you feel led. It's a beautiful community there too. So Krista, I thank you so much. I'm profoundly grateful. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm so grateful and I just love your heart and your work and everything you're about and can't wait for the next chance to be in the same room together again, reading poetry or drinking coffee, whatever. So thank you for having me. 
Well, I was so frustrated earlier in the day. I wanted to hop on a plane and just come to Nashville and interview you in a coffee shop in Nashville. So maybe if you, if and when your next project um, is birthed, I'll come to Nashville and we'll do it in the same room or maybe at a retreat somewhere. But um, have a great afternoon and thank you again for your generosity and for your vulnerability and for all of your words about your art. Um, I'm a big fan and um, I can't wait to share uh, you with other people who may not know you yet introduce you and for those that already know and love you I hope they've enjoyed hearing this conversation and hearing some of the backstory and some of the storytelling that you've so graciously done so God bless yes come to Nashville do it oh and let me know when you think or, or when you During our conversation, Krista and I reference a film project which was created by Joy Prouty for Tiffany Scott and her family. This deeply moving film all honors the life of a young boy, Truman Lee Scott, who died from a tragic accident. Krista's song, Come Close Now, which was produced in 2013 and is included on her album, Feed Your Soul, was chosen by Tiffany and Joy to accompany the visual art, which is this deeply moving story of grace, forgiveness, redemption, and hope. Please visit the show notes for the link to this short moving film, which was paired with Krista's song, Come Close Now.
love spoke my name And I felt life run through me Reborn in the flames Nothing can undo Turns to perfect mess And all your love is all that's left Then I'm as real as real can be Call me Velveteen Shadow and light I learned to let them find me Three.